Good morning, guys. This is the Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Cornley, and today we're continuing our Wise Words series, and we've got Tom Parker. Let's say, Tom. Hello, Ollie. How is it going? Amazing, Tom. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very good. Good stuff. So, Tom and I, uh, we connected through sort of like um, a sales group, like a Slack chat, and uh, we've been talking back and forth. Tom is currently a commercial director and has lots of experience in SaaS startups, a service as a software startups, lots of experience. So today we're going to be talking about mainly about um, you, you, during university, how you can get inside to business and entrepreneurialism, and then other tips and tricks that Tom has learnt along his experiences. So firstly, Tom, just introduce yourself, uh, especially like uni, what you did after uni and uh, what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be part of uh, this whole process yeah. with you guys and hopefully teach the listeners something new or if not, then hopefully it will at least be entertaining. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I um, I studied at Plymouth University um, about eight or nine years ago, I finished. Um, and I studied economics. Um, nice. Before that, I did various different um subjects at a level the original plan was to become an engineer so i did physics electronics and maths and economics pretty hard. <laughs> yeah economics was the outlier and then i realized that actually economics is was more for me and also has a better career path opportunities along with it so that's what i studied at uni nice um and since then i've worked at intel which is obviously a massive organization um and in the years since then, I've been sort of slowly working my way back down this, the company scale, company size graph, if you like. Um, worked for a few mid-sized enterprises, a couple of startups, um, run my own business a couple of times over. And now I'm working as a commercial director for a pre-revenue startup in London. Amazing. So what's the startup? Just What's the startup? So the startup's called Blacksmiths Technology. Um, and the product that we're about to launch in the next couple of months is called Finch. Um, and it's effectively a, a workflow uh, design and builder application that enables companies to build workflows very quickly and easily and then issue them to their customers to collect secure data and banking details, e-signatures, wow. etc. for legal documentation. Yeah, no, so obviously with your economics then, do you find that useful, having that economic background, it's obviously eight, nine years ago, in your today as in as a commercial director? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think um, I think some of the stuff that I learned basic principles-wise um, has carried with me in every job that I've done since. Um, yeah. You know, just the laws of supply and demand, uh, understanding how pricing affects demand, you know, all of those kind of things mm -hmm. are really important when you're a commercial director because part of that job is to come up with price models for your products um work I mean, out you've how done to... one recently right yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah in the yeah. last last couple of weeks just put one together for the launch that we're that's coming up with the new app um so yeah all of that stuff carries through really nicely um as well as like day-to-day -day stuff you know um mm -hmm. just understanding how marketplaces work and and things yeah, like that yeah. is always useful so Awesome. Yeah. So like, obviously with your career, you've had a mixed career, but obviously always had a very sort of um, steady continuity of that, which is sort of like startup sort of techie business. So reflecting now today, what's the one thing that you wish you'd have learned earlier back when you were a student at Plymouth? <laughs> 
good question. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's one thing necessarily, but there's a couple okay. of things that I would say are kind of important to to reflect on as as you get older. I mean, you know, I've been working for ten years now, and there's certain things that I do nowadays that I'd wish I'd be doing when I started my internship, for example, eight mm. eight nine years ago, um, and when I went into the world of work as a graduate as well. The first one of those would be networking. I was okay. always really not shy necessarily but quite kind of averse to getting into a room full of new people and, and drumming mm -hmm. up a conversation obviously now I've worked in sales for like six years since then and it's <laughs> it just kind of forces you <laughs> exactly yeah. it's kind of part and parcel of it but if you can get yourself out of your comfort zone network with anyone and everyone and then ultimately that's where all of your opportunities for your career yeah. are going to come from because the more people you speak to the more ideas you're absorbing the more points of view and perspectives you're understanding from other people that really leans into then how you learn and build and develop your own concepts and ideas especially if you want to become an entrepreneur or you know a senior leader within a business it's really important for you to understand those different people's perspectives um so you know if you're the cleverest person in the room move to a different room right That's yeah famous, definitely learning from the saying. best exactly. no, so networking you're saying is, is obviously really essential and obviously during university you meet so many different people and I think it's really important to like maintain those relationships even though hmm. face value they probably don't give you much uh, value at the moment if you just maintain you pick out the good eggs of it then eventually I mean do you contact anyone yeah. at university yeah yeah I'm so, still in touch yeah. with with guys from my course um nice. guys that I lived with over the four years that I was there um and during my internship as well, but yeah, I still stay in touch with those on a weekly basis. And those people have gone on to, you know, some of the guys on my course have gone on to work for like HMRC or ONS, Office of National Statistics, like big government, statistical government bodies. Mm. I've gone down a different path, but it's really interesting to see and hear from those people. And some of them have gone to like the big four consultancies, for example, yeah, and taken yeah. different routes. Um, so yeah, always, always stay in touch with those people and you never know, like, if you if you stick in someone's mind as a positive experience from their point of view you never know where your next job offer or your next yeah definitely. business partnering opportunity or whatever is going to come from right um so yeah definitely stay in touch with those people as much as you can yeah both for career opportunities and, and i think you you mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago that you, you had a close friend who you were in close connection with and potentially getting a job there and i think it's really important that people especially students that rather than a careers affair or some recruitment day you know your friends and relationships can help you get in the door especially for the mm. big four for example yeah awesome. yeah definitely i mean that that guy i met him my second job was so after i finished at intel right um and he's gone on now to become the global head of sales for a um, for a market research, market analytics startup that's has grown like 400% year on year yeah. for the last three years. Nice. Um, and yeah, you know, he came to me with a job offer. I mean, I've just accepted this job recently, so I didn't take it, but he came to me with a job offer that was something yeah. that I wouldn't even dreamed of a couple of years ago. You know, so those kind of opportunities come around if you maintain... And, you know, the whole, the whole, yeah, the whole concept yeah. of reciprocity is really important. Like, you, you need to give your knowledge, your perspective, your help and support to people without necessarily expecting anything to yeah. come back yeah. from it, right? And then ultimately, karma kicks in a few years later and you find <laughs> yourself in great situations off the back of helping someone out. 
previously. Yeah, so. definitely, especially the students as well. I mean, the the one resource we do have is time, and if you give your time to people, and you know, you 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 just even volunteering. I mean, I know recently there's been a trend of um, trying to get a job by working for them for two weeks for free. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, definitely put yourself out there and, and volunteer because I think people are too narrow-minded. Like, they just need money or contacts. Really put yourself out there, and you'd never know. Like you said, with a job offer. So yeah. that, just something great- to say. It's something to yeah. say on that. Like you'll never be. You don't have. Right, if you're a student, you're listening to this. You have less money now than you will ever have at any point yeah, in the future yeah. of your life. But you also have more financial stability now than you ever will have. And that sounds counterintuitive, but it's true because all you have to pay for is your food and your drink and you know a couple of nights out here and there. Everything else is usually paid for you or is um you know is part of your student loan or part of your grant that you're given so you don't need to worry about that kind of stuff so yeah so just on that that concept of time um i'd say that you know you you guys if you're a student that's listening to this you've you've got a lot of time it's true and you should be using that in in the most productive way um but also from a financial perspective you've got the ability to have some flexibility right now you've probably got less money than you're ever going to have in the future of your career right now yeah. from a pounds pounds in the bank perspective but you've got financial stability because your accommodation's paid for you um you know you don't have to travel there's none of the fixed costs of being an adult yeah. yet um and so you know if you use, use that stability to, and the time that you've got um, to be able to do something that you know gives you skills, gives you relationships, um, and builds your your career and your skill set effectively. That's what you should be looking to do. Yeah, definitely for the future, and and linked to that sort of skill set as well. I mean, obviously, a lot of listeners today now listening, they're going to be thinking about a graduate job in the future. So, what skills and and sort of very very specific, almost like soft skills, if you will, that you found useful when you were learning during university and, and ones that you'd recommend in hindsight? Yeah, well, that, that was the other thing that I was going to say, actually, around what I'd go back and tell myself 10 years ago, because, like you said, you've got a load of time, and I wasted a hell of a lot of it in my first and second year. Um, I think we all do, I think, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, and you, you should, right, because you've lived at home, um, you've, you know, you've had all of the restrictions of... of being a, a teenager for however yeah, long yeah. you know you've you've been living at home before university, and then you're given all this freedom, and a lot of people waste it or, or not waste it, but it's it's still time well spent if you're if you're having a laugh and 100%. you know. But especially during COVID times, there's a lot of people that are spending that time basically twiddling their thumbs at uni. So I think mm. one of the key things that I would recommend, just to go back to your previous question is to learn as many transferable soft, what we call soft skills as possible. Um, but also start to think ahead to what you want to do with, with your career and start to build out your kind of hard and technical skills. Because a lot of what you learn in your degree right now isn't actually relevant in the workplace. Um, it gives you a really good understanding of you know the, the basic building blocks of my profession, for example. Mm. Um, but it doesn't necessarily help you with the the technicalities of you know for example if you're studying accountancy or at least when I was at university accountancy courses were very theoretical but it never taught you Mm -hmm. how to use sage which is like the most used accounting package in the world and if you become an accountant 90% of the time you're going to be using sage right 
to do yeah. all your bookkeeping. So go off and learn those hard technical skills. Go and learn the software that you're going to be using. You know, if you're in a business role, um, you're going to need to be able to learn how to use a CRM. So go and learn how to use HubSpot or Salesforce or Pipedrive if you want to go into sales. Um, you know, if you're um, in marketing, go and learn some skills around how to do basic graphic design how to put yeah. emails together, how to put landing pages of websites together. All of those hard skills are what's really going to carry you. Um, and so, yeah, use that time that you've got wisely to learn those skills. And, and connect that to what we said earlier about <clears throat> that students only have time and offer things for free, your time and, and help other people out. And especially in the working world, there, there are many people, including yourself probably, Tom, that you could do with a student just free of charge, just to get experience and help you on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you combine learning those soft skills with that free time and get yourself out there and start contacting people who are like Tom, for example, who have a startup and they need that extra help, they will more than likely give you the, the student uh, experience of more of the practical side. I mean, would you say that's useful, Tom, as a startup entrepreneur as well? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, from my perspective, having students that are willing to write um, content articles, for example, would be great mm -hmm. for, for any of the businesses that I'm involved with. You, you guys have got stuff to offer from a, you know, from a, what generation are you you in now? Z. Um, Gen Z. <laughs> Gen Z. Gen now. Exactly, but Gen Gen that makes me sound so old, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Gen Gen Z, Gen Z people nowadays have got something alternative to offer, right? To a 40, 50 year old manager of a business, you've got something alternative to offer. You've got something different to say. You you've got the language and the skill set and the understanding to tap into markets that people don't necessarily know how to tap into. Definitely. So going out there and, and applying those that knowledge, even if you feel like your professional and your theoretical knowledge isn't that great yet because you're only 18, 19, 20 years old. Which is understandable. Which is completely understandable, but you've got a whole wealth of other stuff around the use of yeah. technology, mobile applications, all that kind of stuff that people don't necessarily understand. So definitely get out there, use your time and your stability and your, you know, especially over summers for example like it's three or four months yeah. where you can quite easily sit around doing nothing go out there get a, an internship get a, a job paid if you can <laughs> get get a job paid if you can or if not then you know go and get an unpaid internship um and it's it's going to be valuable for you for me from an employer's perspective it's super valuable mm. because I don't have time to do certain administrative tasks or content creation or, you know, um, maintaining my website or whatever it is that, that you would be great at doing. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a value exchange, like I was saying earlier, reciprocity, right? Value exchange. Value maybe exchange, they'll, I like that. Maybe yeah, they'll offer yeah. you back a job once you graduate. Um, yeah, it's an opportunity to prove yourself. I mean, like if you absolutely nail it, then, you know, they're more than likely to give you a job if, if you impress them. And just sort of link to that, um, hmm. you know what for those who struggle to sort of network I know you said that you had difficulties as well is there any tips that you give them so okay so someone's made a decision okay I'm going to develop these soft skills and I'm going to volunteer myself to do a particular thing how can they network with people to find entrepreneurs like yourself to, to volunteer for so oh, there's loads of platforms online um, I mean at the moment there's quite a few and I, actually some of my clients on my consultancy business that are popping up um, startups like Student Works or 
uh, Task Rabbit or Paper Round. Those are all okay. places where you can say, you know, I'm a student, I've got this experience, and for £14 an hour or whatever, I can do X, Y, Z type of tasks. Yeah. Um, that's a way of you actually finding the job or, you know, getting getting access to, to work experience. There's loads of other sites where you can offer yourself as a volunteer or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But once you actually <clears throat> land in those situations and if you feel a bit uncomfortable, the best thing to do is just approach individual people don't don't try and approach groups of people um especially if you find it uncomfortable it's going to be difficult so just approach individual people try to find yourself a mentor which i when i was at intel and that's where i really learned as an intern when i really learned how to communicate properly and professionally with people was through the mentor that i had there she was a senior person on my team she wasn't my manager but she was a senior person on my team and she kind of took me under her wing and taught me everything that i needed to know to do my job effectively but also how to network within the organization and that gives you access to a a company like that a hundred thousand people that you've never spoken to before um so yeah attach yourself to one person that can act as a mentor and sort of show you the ropes and that will really help you mimic their way that they do things basically um and that's how you learn how to do that yeah, no, I love that. And also things like LinkedIn as well. I mean, I know a lot of, it's not really student focused necessarily. I know there's a lot more people nowadays, but make yourself a LinkedIn account and start finding dream companies that you want to work for. Target the individuals, not the groups, like Tom said, and and like pick out your dream job. Find the person in the local area who's either the manager there, drop them a message and be curious. Adopt this attitude of curiosity and, and offer free services and uh, hopefully you'll be able to secure that sort of experience, would you say? Yeah. And, I, and I even do that. I can I can give you a, an email that I sent a couple of months ago to a business that I really wanted to work with when I was doing my consultancy about six months ago, and you can you can attach it to the podcast episode if you want, and it give give people an idea of you know even when you're semi successful in your careers you're never beyond sort of being curious, asking people about how yeah. you can help, what you can do to help them, how you can add value to them, um, and yeah, being as personalised as you can and writing. You know, because people nowadays, and I'm guilty of it as well, can use <laughs> and deploy automation systems on on these apps to to get reach, right? Yeah. But really, if you personalize it and say, you know, I'm really interested in doing a an unpaid internship with you guys for three months over the summer. I'm free between these dates. I study this. I'd be great for you because X Y Z, um, and you know, you you can teach me X Y Z. And if you yeah. find if you're targeting the right person and they've got that mentorship attitude, they will relish the opportunity to help help a young professional develop themselves. I know I do. You know, I actively encourage people to come to me with their. I say we've been talking a lot recently. Yeah, right? It's helping yeah. you with your business. Um, just finding that mentor type person is so so important for learning those key skills. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely make that email um, template available. Uh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And and link to that, you know, just get yourself out there, be confident and move things forward. So obviously we spoke about graduate jobs and more employment. Now, for experience, you've worked majority of your working life as an entrepreneur or of that characteristic in terms of business and driving that forward. So let's say someone is in a position where they've got, they've always wanted to do a big job you know like a career a high-flying career they want to be a leader for example mm-hmm. and then they sort to discover the amazing joys of entrepreneurialism and now they're thinking right okay i've got an idea but i've also got a part-time job you know how do you manage that so the question for you tom is 
how did you shift from being like an employee, especially with that mentality, into the world of business and entrepreneurialism? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. So I guess I did it the, I don't know if it is the more traditional route, but I'll call it the more traditional route. So I, I spent um, seven years or so effectively working my way up through through multiple businesses. But every time I changed job into a new business, I would take a, a step up. Um, right. in terms of responsibility so I did junior roles then I did senior roles then I moved into team leadership type roles um, and then I became a director of a couple of different businesses and it's when I got to that point that I realized that actually as a director there's not a huge in each of those steps in my previous career the step between being like a junior and a senior within a team at the start of my career was mm. a big step but as you move up, you realise that actually the steps get um, proportionally smaller. So by the time I was a director, I was thinking, well, actually, there's not a huge step between being a director and actually founding my own business and just doing it for myself. Yeah. Because when you're a director, you're putting all of your passion, your time, you know, 60 plus hours a week effort into a business that you might have a small equity share in. Mm. And you're treating it like it's your business because it is partly your business. 3% of it as might be yours yeah. as a director. But really, you know, if, if you're one of the key contributors to that business, which I was in my last job before I went independent, I was thinking, why the hell am I lining someone else's pockets? Like I was closing mm. millions of pounds worth of business every year and I was seeing a fraction of that. And the, the two co-founders that I was working for were taking home, you know, multiple six-figure salaries off the back of my work. Not to say that that's wrong, because that's just the way that businesses are structured, yeah. right? But that that's what drove me to go independent. Um, so, yeah, middle of last year, 2020, I just decided to go it alone. Um, and part of that transition for me was identifying what my skill set was and finding mm. a niche that I could actually offer some genuine value in. Um, and I started to work on, on this concept of, um, you know, helping businesses build and strategize around their use of technology within their sales and marketing functions um which is quite a niche thing because a lot of a lot of consultants want to go more into, into the like pure strategy and the three-year yeah. plan and all that not the technology that you use to enable the next three months of your plan so that that was a really successful thing for me but i guess your journey ollie is very different right because you are still at university you've never yeah. I don't know if I'm speaking right here, but you've never had like a full-time career job, right? Not really, no, um, no. And so your path is very different and you find your way into entrepreneurialism through a kind of instinctive, organic method, whereas I did it through stepping up and realising that it's it's possible for me to do it eventually after building seven or eight years' worth of experience. I think um, both have their pros and cons. Uh, definitely, hmm. obviously, with yourself, having this sort of steady progression, you I think that you get to appreciate the value of each kind of position. And then when you're building teams later on, you can then understand that. So from an end result point of view, obviously you're getting that experience yeah. whilst you're working at big firms. And also, I mean, since you worked at Intel, for example, you get that insider information into sort of the technology industry and how that's applied in business. So then mm -hmm. if you're adopting, like you said, with tech integration for startups or small businesses, um, you know, you understand that and you've got that, industry experience which you wouldn't necessarily have if you had this organic approach that i've had for example yeah exactly like like you say it's it's kind of swings and roundabouts really i think yeah. it is 
the way my more let's say traditional way of doing it i think still has more merit in terms of if you want to be confident and competent around running your own business having all of that skill accumulated over time and experience and you know you've seen everything get messed up before so you know how to fix it all that kind of stuff (laughs) is really helpful right but then if you're you know like some of the platforms that you've been building ollie is the kind of stuff that appeals to your generation it appeals to people of your mindset and skill set so there is no need to go off and do 10 years worth of experience because actually you've missed the boat by then because you're not in that demographic anymore you don't know how to speak to that demographic anymore so it totally depends on where you want to go with with that business and if it's something that needs to happen now because it's a niche gap in the market and you think you've got the skill set to do it go and do it i mean that's i started my first business when i was 20 when i was at university oh so you're at university yeah and it was with two friends and we ran a, an events management business that had a kind of twist on it. It was a bit different. I mean, nowadays it's it's actually been done like 10 times over. There's loads of other companies that do it. But at the time we were kind of the first ones to market with it. And I wish that I'd kind of thrown caution to the wind and gone with it. But it was in the start of third year that we really started doing it. And all three of us got, the three of us got offered full-time jobs. And we said, yeah. no, we're going to take the security of going into employment. But if you think you've got the skill set and you've got the right timing and you've got people around you, most importantly, that can make it happen, just go for it. I think that's yeah, no... most importantly the team around you. Because I think it's, um, I think those who make good leaders are those who sort of, kind of appreciate and admit that they're not amazing and they, they have weaknesses and you've got other people to help you with that. Exactly. Um, yeah. Definitely. Goes back to the smartest person in the room thing. You'd always yeah. hire people that are better than you at the specific things that they're bringing to the table. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a technical co-founder, when you bring on a dedicated CTO, they need to be technically more proficient than you. Mm-hmm. If you're a business-minded co-founder, when you bring on a head of sales, they need to be better at sales than you. Yeah. You need to surround yourself with people that are, in in their own individual way, are specifically better at those things than you are. Um, and that's the way to build a great team. And yeah, like we said earlier, you're you'll come into contact with those people you might not even know it but five years down the road those people might end up becoming your founding team for the business that you're going to start mm-hmm. no definitely wise words there tom so just to finish off then um what would you say is like one book that you'd recommend for us as students now to read right now in order to become like a better leader or better in business for the future uh depends what you want to get into um so the from a sales perspective, the first sales book that I read that kind of changed my mind on sales was um, called The Challenger Sale. Um, it's, all, it's all about a methodology of how you educate a customer before you try and sell to them. So you're yeah. basing your sale on value rather than on a feature set or uh, you know the virtues of your product. If you want to build a platform business, this is a book that I recommended to you recently yeah, as I've well. Got it. I've got it. <laughs> uh, the Platform Revolution. Um, is great because it kind of gives you, again, the basic building blocks of how to understand mm-hmm. how platform business evolve. Um, and if you can get a good understanding of that before you get to those challenges and you build it into the design phase of starting your platform, then you'll be much more successful. Um, but I think nowadays, like just following people on online, you know, there's there's people that give so much value on LinkedIn or on their blogs. Um, there's a company called Task Drive, for example, that they're quite big in in the sales and marketing sphere. Their founder runs a blog and they post 
podcasts and, and articles and various other things on a weekly basis. And you can genuinely learn how to become a really good salesperson just by watching their content. You don't have to subscribe to any of their services. You don't have to be a part of the business world if you don't, you know, if you're not in, at that stage yet. But you can mm. really learn how to become a really effective salesperson through that content. Awesome. Yeah, there's lots of free content. I think the the nature of nowadays of instant and plenty of information online, I think the, the difficulty is trying to filter that and try and find the good stuff. But obviously, Tom, with your recommendations there, obviously, I'm guessing you used them in the past. Yeah. That's helped yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so uh, especially on our gem, we want to develop like a, a page for key links of really good stuff on there. So we'll definitely put them on there. So thank you, Tom. Sure. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Tom, for your time sharing uh, what it's like to be a student and uh, building up a business and working around your career. So thank you very much. We hopefully we'll have you on there in the future. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Amazing. Good stuff. So thank you very much for listening, guys. Be sure to check out our website, ourgen.co.uk. That's ourgen.co.uk. Lots of amazing stuff on there. Free forum pages. We've got newsletters, podcast episodes like this downloadable resources for you to improve yourself and to get a successful career. So thank you for listening. Take care. Speak to you next week.